Hello, welcome back to the Limehouse podcast. This is me, William Porteous, your your host. I hope you are well. How have you been doing? I'm I'm okay. I've just just a bit wiped, I suppose. But as as I suppose you are, you you may well be. It's, it's, it's strange uh, times getting by, mentally, physically. You know the routine. We're all we're all uh, saying the same. How you doing? Yeah. How's lockdown? You know, it, it's the same pattern nowadays, isn't it? You know, just, there's nothing to talk about except for hypothesizing about what is going to happen. You know, you go on a walk and you can't avoid it now. You know, it's it's everywhere. Everyone's everyone's talking about it. Everyone's comparing different countries to different countries and stuff. You know, and of course, obviously, you the Trump thing happened. The bleach. Bleachgate, and it's wonderful for me, at least. I, I think he's come full circle. It's, it's he is definitely funny again, doesn't it? You can't deny that. That is funny. He says beyond parody. He's not beyond parody. Now it's now it's 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 there. It's all there, you know. But it's like the Jonestown massacre. You know, it's finally America has got what it deserved. That this 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 crazy, mentally definitely deranged guy. Now it's just clear. You know, it's like. All those freaking redneck brain farts following their leader's advice. Hey, we, we might get that, you know. It's like, hey, baby, we run out of we run out of dead all. You, you got any of that dead all? No disinfectant left. You know, I, I can just imagine the wife, lovely as she, I'm sure she is. But it's, you know, don't don't worry, honey. Mama's got some bleach. We'll, we'll put her in your put in your moonshine. <laughs> That how Donald drink it, honey? <laughs> it sure is, honey. Down in one, he says. It burns. It burns. <laughs> Burning out the corona. Burning it good. I mean, I can just feel it. You know, right now, in America, you've got the absolute... Del- it's not even left and right anymore. The left side of politics or the right side of politics. It's just sane people and completely fucking insane people. I, I, you can't get around it. It's like the, the woman is stopped by a journalist on her way to church. Asked a simple question: Are you afraid of this virus? I'm covered in Jesus's blood. I have no need to be afraid. I am covered in Jesus's blood. What? what? Okay. <laughs> I mean, if that is true, can I? Where do you get it? You know, where do you get that? Where do you get the? Where do you get Jesus' blood? I'm just just asking. I mean, is that an eBay thing? It can't be an eBay thing, can it? I mean, it, it, if it is, Jesus' blood is. It's beyond it, man. It's beyond it. But anyway, look. I hope you're well. Uh, this this week we've got an amazing guest, an old friend of mine, Sam uh, Preston from the Ordinary Boys. Um, you'll you'll know him from that producing some awesome tracks and uh, yeah he's just a great guy he's such a sweet man we had a really cool chat we spoke about uh right from the from his childhood all the way up to the present which doesn't sound like he's only like 38 but there's still so much he's done he started so young like like child actor into like music and what have you and it's gonna be uh, it's, i think you're gonna enjoy it i think you're gonna get a lot out of it uh, and I'll, I'll i'll bring that in pretty damn pretty damn soon 
but yeah just a, a heads up if you do want to check out my website and the small short film we have on there and the comedy pilot that is the local scene please do so it's somedaysarediamonds.co.uk and that is obviously like i always say named after a tom petty song very excited about a guest coming up on the show soon that has an awful lot to do with tom petty anyway yeah do check that out like i said we don't have a sponsor for the show if you want to don't you know don't worry about reviewing the show on itunes but if you want to check out the the websites somedaysdiamonds.co.uk that would be very generous of you anyway look in, enjoy this enjoy this show i think you i think you're going to get something from it we go deep you know he's a, he's he, he like everyone else is going through lockdown at the moment and we we, we get deep he's a genuine guy he's a really sweet guy and he's been through some serious shit i did not no, like I haven't spoken to him for like a couple of years, maybe. And uh, he, he revealed some some things that were quite sad, actually, and a little profound. Yeah. So you'll enjoy it. I'll see you next week. If you do want to, I don't know, say hello on Twitter, please do. It's at LimehousePod. At LimehousePod. Oh, Twitter. My God. Anyway, what are you going to do with that? Enjoy yourself. Look after yourself and stay safe. Protect our NHS, protect your friends, protect your family, love your dogs. Hello, my name is Barry from EastEnders. Yeah, that's fine. Cool. Yeah, that's fine. You're um, being so patient, by the way. Well sorry. done. My lockdown has consisted of me. So, so my job now is has, which I was always I considered. I went into songwriting, right? Songwriting as a songwriter, and then not really understanding the kind of industry, I guess, um, particularly well. I, I didn't really realize that you had to kind of either be a top liner or a producer. That's like how it's split, right? Okay, what's a top liner? So, a top liner means you just write the singing and the lyrics. Okay. And maybe the chords and stuff, yeah. but someone else produces it. And so I kind of became a top liner. But then I, because of that, I neglected like producing and and to a, to a degree playing. Um, yeah. Not not massively, but then anyway. So this the lockdown period, I've just forced myself to get really fucking good at producing. Right. And I, I think like. I have. I honestly well, like without being that's without. Well, being slightly arrogant, I really think I've, I've cracked it. So so that's been really, really Sweet. good. Jeez, man. Like, that's all in three weeks. That's pretty good. Well, you know, I've been doing it. I've been doing it for 20 years. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was going to say, never, man, I know you've been doing this for a while. So Yeah, I, but I haven't sat down. You know, I've produced records and stuff before, but I've produced records in a studio where, where you've got a big desk and it's yeah. all oh, it's all the way I did it when I was 15. And it's like, you know, you're just plugging into the desk. And I know I can manage my way around that, but like, in order to, to to produce a pop record, it's like such a different thing. Yeah, I can imagine so. Way more technical. And also you don't really have an engineer, where, or I definitely don't in my house, have an engineer that I can just say, can you just record the drums and make them sound? Right, yeah, yeah, exactly. I, I kind of have had that before, but... Um, so I understand the principles of it. Oh! Yeah. Ooh, incoming. Shit. Some, that's, some, that's Murphy, you know, from Rankin Rogers' son. Okay. Um, I'm just going to tell him what we're doing. Okay, cool, do it. I'm actually doing, doing a podcast right now. <laughs> um, but I picked up because then I can show off about how the fact that someone calls calling me. 
Yeah, I'll call you later. All right. All right, bye, bye, bye. Okay, well, there you go. So, so um, did you see the thing on my Instagram where I did like a, a new song? Uh, no, I did not, mate. I am I am struggling to keep up on all the platforms at the moment. It's like, it's unbelievable. Oh, well, so we did this song with, with Rankin Jr., who's Rankin Roger from the Beats song. And like, uh, okay, yeah, Beats yeah, sure. Band, and so, so the, I'm kind of jumping all over the place, but the- Mate, don't, the, don't um, worry, you go for it. The plan before um, this, the um, COVID-19 um, was to maybe do a few Ordinary Boys shows, but get Rankin Jr. to sing. Yeah, and I would do kind of backing vocals and stuff, and just jump around. So we we wrote a few songs. It was it was sort of going really well, and then this happened, and um, so then I guess that whole plan's off. Yeah, no, I know. I mean, well, you say um, that because I was listening to the specials on Monday, because I know you had some, you had some, um, uh, you did some live performance with Terry Hall, didn't you? Yeah, yeah. I mean, the like. The specials are just my favorite band. From do you know who actually was? Probably is my favorite band. It's Funboy Three. Okay, what's that? This is band after the specials. Okay, there we go. You see? Yeah, That's... with two of the other the singers from uh, from the specials, but they're amazing pop band. Because I want to touch on your early days, like your yeah. like your chi- childhood into picking up the guitar for the first time and okay. singing and all that figuring it all out and then i definitely want to go back to what you're doing at the moment do you know what but... actually terry hall also wrote loads of the lightning seed stuff which i was just listening to downstairs oh, really he really? wrote like, lyrics for the light for the lightning seeds well he's fucking amazing he's still only what like 25 terry hall do you know what i mean he's like so <laughs> young still Terry, well, I don't know. He looks kind of <laughs> kind of old now. now. I don't know if you've <laughs> seen him lately. Wasn't he um, like fourteen, like stupidly young when the yeah, specials? Yeah, I mean like... they were all so young. Everyone yeah. in the scene was really young. I think that's yeah. why there's a real naivety in a brilliant. I don't know. It's something. It's such an amazing scene. It's like I think it's a really. It gets like a scar in general. Gets a bit of a weird rap because it's like it, especially with that kind of what would have been the third wave of scars so if the first wave was jamaican scar in the 60s like dance, dance hall yeah well like just well you know the precursors of reggae really and then yeah. and then um the second wave is like two-tone and then the third wave was just like less than jake and stuff like that that's kind of everyone's i don't I, that, yeah do you know what i mean 90s kind of like american fused like yeah yeah i was i was a big pop punk kid I mean, I, that's how we mate. get in there. I was a big, I was like. When did that start? When was your like, when did that, when did music really become like a vital thing for you? Uh, I guess like always, really. Uh, my mum was really into music, still is, you know, Beach Boys. Yeah. It's like, it's, I think if you're lucky enough that your parents give you one of those bands that you, that you, when you're a kid, because music hits you differently when you're a kid and it's, yeah. it, it is so much more visual. Um, or I don't know. I'm not. Sure, maybe that's just my own experience. But when I was a kid, if I think of the Stranglers' "Strange Little Girl," I can visualize the scene of that I would that I saw when I was a kid listening to that song. I can think of the girl. I could draw her for you. Like I know exactly what she looks like. But that, that's that's great music, isn't it? Did you not find that with Beatles songs when you were a kid? 
Mate, the the best the best music is the one the the, the tracks are, the songs are able to paint a picture for you. They're like able to paint like your own individual thing. That's why people it means so much to people because you get your own relationship with a song. You visualize it like Tom Petty's really good at visualizing, you know. And, and but I mean, his I videos, music you know. is, is I don't think music strives to do that now. Not and I'm not saying that that's a bad thing. I just think it's a different yeah. thing. I think in the in the '60s and like early '70s that it was you know a lot of folk I I kind of hate folk music generally but like the ones <laughs> I like I kind of the ones that I do like I, I kind of really I do really like like my mum was big Donovan and and you know like oh, yeah oh my god try and catch the wind beautiful and so I'm like and and definitely Beach Boys and it's and the, I mean, Beach Boys are still the band I've got I've, I've set myself up in my house with like really posh record player now that will yeah. the flat files which are like the lossless files I've got like a, a like a a really good DAC, which is the thing, the digital to analog converter. So it's, I've just basically got all this, all this stuff because my ex's dad uh, has he like builds these boxes that you store your files in or what I don't. Yeah. Know. But um, and I've always always like no no it's fine like CDs are fine like I'll just listen to it or it's like an MP3 I can't even hear the compression really I'm like I don't even care until exactly I heard it like through this thing coming you know it's like. I mean, I felt like I'd been seeing black and white and I was suddenly seeing no, colour with, really? with my ears. Um, and I've got all the Beach Boys stuff on that and it's still, it's like just jaw-dropping to listen to the harmonies. Oh, uh, you, have you ever heard yeah. of a band called The Four Freshmen? Do you know, no, do you know I have them? not. I have They're not. They're like a 50s no. vocal harmony band. Yeah. And they, um, so Brian Wilson's dad would sit them down and force them to learn these really tight vocal harmonies. I mean, there's like, they're, they're, so they're, they're all really bunched together vocal harmonies really really great really great great band yeah uh, and you can hear them throughout all the beach boys stuff and that that's um how do we get into this oh no this is all about your this is about you getting into music you oh know? yeah like, so I, mean, I guess i was into that and then so I mean, the, clearly like a vocal band like a because i know exactly what you mean about the beach boys i, I had that with them um, uh, i get around you know and the film aviator and um the guy <clears throat> the kids in the uh the controls of the spaceship and he the, he gets the, the robot the, the spaceship to play beach boys yeah and it's like round round get around i get around i fucking love that you know i absolutely yeah, love it man i there's a thing in one of the in one of the documentary do you know what else is good is that um dennis wilson album sorry very good oh god that is a cracking album Think um, about... so i get so my mum was i was into music and then yeah. i did acting when i was a kid Okay, yeah. A lot of acting. Are we, are we talking school or college or? Uh, when I was six, I was in a film with Elizabeth Hurley. <laughs> Get the fuck out. Yeah. So and then really? I, I got money. So I was a six-year-old kid with like I don't know I got like what did you get? A grand or something. Wow, I was gonna say. But 50 when you're a quid, kid, but... you're like, oh, how do you want to spend your thousand pounds? So I bought yeah. an electric guitar. Brilliant. Um, and I just learned how to play it. I got a little yeah. amp and a little electric guitar. I've never even really told anyone this. I've never, no one's ever asked. <laughs> well, mate, it's the, I can't believe it. That's like the the, que the, the ultimate question for any. Yeah. So so know. then I was playing. I was really into Britpop because my brother, um, and and I was into like Dinosaur Junior a lot. Oh, uh, fantastic! Yeah. So that's when I was really young. I was, you know, th so this is it was a different time. This is why 1994 is is was great. Because in 1994, I might be getting some of these wrong, but like <laughs> the album or, or around that era. It was like you could be into park life and also Rage Against the Machine and okay. also Cypress Hill. And it's like, yeah, and you're allowed to like all of those. But it, now it's like 
oh, what extremely narrow sh- subgenre of music do you like? Right, right, exactly. And, and you know, and, and I'm saying that from someone who went, who you know, in 1994 was like had this fucking spread of music and, and liked everything, and then very quickly after that went really narrowly into being just into hardcore. So I was just really into like hardcore punk. Yeah, like Black Flag, a, right? Black Flag, I love. Like Bad yeah. Brains. Was, I mean, Bad Brains are still one of my favourite bands. Well, is that like a vitriolic kind of like you're in your like I don't know what were you would be like seventeen, eighteen then or something? Probably a bit younger than yeah, probably like yeah. fifteen. And that's like full on music, isn't it? That like takes no prisoners. Do you know what I mean? It's good. Yeah, I was also straight edge with, for, for that era, but I was I was straight edge up until I could legally drink. I think probably. I love that commitment, mate. I love yeah. I love that straight edge. Uh, you know, because you you can't actually legally drink, but as soon as you can legally drink, it's like okay, fuck this shit. I'm going for this. But the mu- that music, so it's 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 fucking good music, man. There's there's yeah. there's still records that, that I listen to a lot now, Definitely. which and which is like, interesting. It's actually interesting that some of those hardcore records. I mean, there's it's a band called the Circle Jerks who are re- who, I, who I listen to a lot. They're really good. Yeah. It's more like or, or there's like. Like Dag Nasty is a is a great band who are like a hardcore band, but they're more melodic, mm-hmm. and so they I still listen to them a lot. I'm like I listen to it fucking tons, which so, which is surprising really because it's it's kind of noisy and I'm and I'm meant to make not noisy music for a living. <laughs> well, what about like what like when you first realised you could like had you had a, a, a talent a skill at, at writing a song? When did when did that? Because that takes a, a bit uh, of time, I guess. Or I don't, how... I, realize, I don't know if I'm there yet, but I, I've. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I was in bands in school. I mean, I've, all, I've basically always been in a band since I can, since I could, old enough to pretty much stand up. Like I right. always have. And then the Ordinary Boys, we started when we were like, all like eleven or twelve. We were really Jesus. young when we started. Um, I didn't know that. I thought you must have been like like at college or something. No, do you know? And and they're my best friends now. It's it's really it's like I'm so lucky to have. It's almost been helpful having the band. I mean, I don't see him band-wise, but like James, the bass player, he's he's um, he's just found all this footage of us when we first went to Japan when we were like eighteen. Oh really? And um, he's he's going to bring it over tomorrow. He lives down the road. He lives in I, Norwood. I have a, a memory now. You say Japan when you did just come back from Japan, and I think it was at the Wedgwood Rooms in Portsmouth, and I was interviewing you for a magazine, and you said. No, you, you, you pulled out a CD player from Japan and it looked like, it looked fucking mental. And you were like, yeah, man, they're, they're fucking, they've got their shit nailed down in, in Japan. I love stream. Yeah. You loved it. I remember you saying it. I was I've like, been oh there like God. 16 He's... times now. Cause, cause wow. It, and yeah, it's been, it was, that was a really, yeah. that was a happy accident to be, for us to just some, suddenly get really successful there. So what, so I mean, in terms of songwriting, because I, I think it's really cool to get, get to the root of that. Like you're... What was it like? Were you like standing in front of a mirror, like Elvis Presley style, and like playing the guitar, and then you learned? No, well, it's like fuse? so. So we made friends with, with do you know Buzz from Brighton? He does. He's like the promoter. I don't know. I do. I do not know. I do not know that. He, he owns the record store, the Punker Bunker. Okay, right. Okay, that guy. okay. So yeah. when we were really young, and we kind of made friends with him, he's a really nice guy, just a fucking music legend. Yeah. And um. We had our band. It wasn't called the Ordinary Boys. It was called something else. We had million names. Yeah. Most of them were were Morrissey lyrics at the time, <laughs> and yeah. even though we were a hardcore band, so we were hardcore. Well, not even a hardcore band. We were like a kind of thrashy punk sort of thing. I don't know what we were. Yeah, maybe hardcore. And um, we would, so we would start new bands and stuff for gigs that he had support slots from. Okay. So there'd yeah. be 
bands that we loved like there's a um there's a label called lookout records that i really like which is like a pop punk with Don, the donners were on it and and um green day used to be on it oh right okay really, it's a really good label and um so there were a few bands from that like the teen idols um were a band I really liked, and they had a support, and also Kid Dynamite. I don't know if any of these names mean anything, but like they, you're so more they, advanced. Anyway, there were, were bands that I liked at the time, punk, yeah. mainly punk or hardcore bands, and we would we wanted to support them, so we were just like, all right, let's we need some songs. So I was like, and it was very much like, all right, have we have we got someone to drive us there? Yeah, all right, and we've got a gig. Yeah, yeah, have we got songs? Nope. All right, so let's get the songs, <laughs> write the songs. <laughs> Then that one's done, and then have you? What are you going to wear? And you know, it's like it just becomes a, a one in the list of things that you have to think right. about. Yeah. And um, and then we would play the gigs, and it was, it was so fun. I mean, that's just such a such a great opportunity to. to yeah, it's, you, it's the romance of it. You know, when you start you start in a band, and we've all, we've all been there. You know, you look back at those sort of days when you're in like a, a crammed into a car or whatever, or going up to a venue. You don't give a shit about who's going to be there, how many people are going to be there, and you're just doing it, and it's just it's just an incredible. Yeah, experience. being a band is is way more fun until you have to. Until there's the the possibility that you might actually make money out of it or do it successfully, then it kind of it weird. Yeah, this is. I mean, I've managed to have a job that I love and like I really like. I genuinely do like. I just have no idea how I've managed to be so lucky in my life. It's fucking fantastic. Yeah, yeah but yeah. Um, I do think about when you, when you hear people talking in band, and a lot of my friends that are in bands will will be like, yeah, you know, I mean, it, it's a fucking nightmare, like. The amount of sitting in hotel lobbies and and airports, um, and you just think, uh, yeah, and you're sitting in a fucking hotel lobby with your friends in New York, and you're complaining, right. whereas other people have to fucking work for a living. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, I, yeah, I, yeah. I can't fathom, but it does. There's something about the if you especially if you're playing old songs, and you just feel a bit like rented out. Yeah, you can feel like a bit like a jukebox, you know. Yeah, yeah. I, I know what you mean. I, but it's not even being a jukebox. It, it's like you, you feel like you're. I mean, yes, it is that, but it's also it, it, it's you feel like you're being. You you don't feel like your your brain is is being like used in used or anything. You're not you're not doing anything kind of constructive. Yeah. I guess you can. You could just you could study on your phone or something now, like if you wanted to. But. I know exactly what you mean. I know the, the part of being a great artist, all the great artists have always have pushed themselves, put themselves in different positions and different mindsets and to really, you know, test their fan base. Uh, what t Testing their fan base, bring them along with them, you know, on that journey, which is fucking important. But um, but I, I, it, it's, it's interesting for me, actually, because um, some people may or may not know, obviously, I, they wouldn't know. That I, I don't really, I mean, this podcast used to be very very political so i don't really ever talk about my musical background but that's how i i know you yeah and um man i could i, I fucking remember that the first time i think i saw you guys was down at the west end center in aldershot mm -hmm. and that, that was back in the day when i used to phone up the promoter down there and i'd be like as soon as the a gig list would come out with like a, 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 a indie band of some description that we knew i'd be on the phone within like fucking two minutes of the flyer coming through the door going please 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 give me support so we got a support slot with you guys and i hadn't i hadn't heard of you guys uh, except for my friend alex i think you know the front yeah. guy um and he was like will you're gonna fucking love this song they do it's called um maybe someday and i was like okay well you know is it like status quo is it like acdc i probably won't 
Anyway, so you play it, I'm like fucking jaw on the mm. fucking floor. So I, I, I was like, fucking hell, this is like amazing power pop. And I was listening to it to refresh my memory the other day. I was like, fucking hell, this is such a great song. Like, waiting for some inspiration. I love that tune. Oh, thank you. Like, can you remember, for, like, where where you were when you wrote that song? Was it all in a fluster? It was it all in, like, a five-minute thrash out of Yeah, we used to, so we would write multiple songs a day. And we would, I would go in and kind of get the band started with a with a thing. And then I would sit outside while they practiced and write the lyrics. And then come in and go, oh, I've, I've written them. But there was no sense, you know, it's so weird now because... You know this thing, the, the the like cliche of like oh you have your lifetime to write your first album and uh, yeah, but I don't think I don't think that's the way it works. I don't think that I don't think it's the fact that you have the, your life to write the first album because we wrote the I mean we probably for that first record we probably spent a total of like three hours in if you added it up writing that record right yeah I think it's more that you're not self aware enough you like you're not self aware yet and you're not like you don't really, I didn't fuck, I didn't, nothing, none of it rhymes or anything. I didn't really understand <laughs> that. And now I'm, you know, I've just been working, like I'm, this is my studio that we're, we're in now. Yeah. And, um, I've just been working on the thing today and just, you know, getting all the, like the syllables right and matching from verse to verse and having to worry about stuff like that. Whereas actually those songs, like I, it's, I, it, it's, uh, it's kind of sad not knowing that I'll never be that free musically because you just can't unlearn these things. Yeah, that's such a really interesting thing you say that, man, because I th- I think that loads of musicians, fuck it, loads of artists would say exactly the same thing, you know, like whether you're a painter or writer, uh, uh, like novelist, whatever, you, you never have that freedom to, you can fail, can't you? In, in And no one's fucking listening, no one gives a shit. You can fail a thousand times, but but when well, that... But it's not even, it, it's also you don't know what, you don't know that, it, you don't have a, a gauge of failure, right, of a song. So, I mean, in, the truth is, a song you could just go, you could like just scream into a microphone, and that's a song that's fine. Yeah. Um, there aren't any rules, but you start to kind of build. You you, you get this baggage of of songwriting rules, I think. Um, and you know, but now you know, now I'm writing pop songs. I'm not writing that type of music anyway. So it's like it doesn't matter. But there there is something like. I know it's 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 so weird with the band because I, I like I really I really don't miss it. Um, it's because you it, kept going. That's why. I think yeah. Well, I kept yeah. I kept doing music. I think, but I think if I kept doing the band, I'd be miserable. And I, mm. I see my friends that I have that do that that carry on carried on with their bands. They're all fucking miserable, and they all they're all like, you know, they all drink too much, and they just like. Is it because it was from that early noughties era that was so well defined by that new rock and roll revolution, and it's like they're all tied to that now? Or Mate, I don't know. I mean, no, it's just it's a simple it's as simple as like they're in the band. That's how they make their living. They just have yeah. to carry on, and like it's it does seem like a silly thing to pass up in a way. Not, not yeah, yeah, yeah. I know exactly what you mean. It's like I get that you've got, it. and also it's like a fucking job. You know, like do you risk that? Like some people just don't want to risk that. Yeah. It's huge. Like especially if you've got a massive fucking advance from a record label. Or but I think for me, it, it would be, uh, my I would definitely my health would suffer a lot if I carried yeah. on. I was like really drinking back then. I didn't even drink yeah. anymore. Yeah, that's a good move. But I mean, because I remember, I remember you and I talking a lot about like. I think maybe just maybe I don't know. I want to say like three or four years after the band had broken up. Maybe and you you were like talking to me about how you just want to 
just get back into a small sweaty punk gig like uh you you know ordinary boys like early days people throwing themselves kind of, around did an al- so i did an album in 2015 and we yeah, yeah. Do that, and that was really fun and that was a real release um but you know, I'm, I'm, I had this massive accident. Do you know about my accident? No, you, you did mention that. I didn't. I didn't know. I didn't know what that was about, man. What happened? I just fell off a, about a fourth floor balcony. Fuck. Yeah, and, and spent. I was like almost died, and then I was in a wheelchair for like eight months. Jesus Christ, mate! What yeah, that the fuck. Was, that was quite harsh. <laughs> what? How did that come about? What happened? I just was really pissed and a bit high, and then I fell out of the balcony. Jesus. And you were in hospital for how long? I was on, in, I was like on the emergency thing for a month in Denmark. In Denmark. I, honestly, I, I can't. It's weird because when I try and tell the story, it's like I don't. It's such a fucking weird, dreamlike thing. Like in my memory of it, it's almost like a Wes Anderson film because it was in this with this place in um, Denmark. It's really oh. weird. It was in the mountains. Everyone spoke a different language. It was just fucking weird. The food was really good. Weirdly. Um, yeah, but, my, but it was really painful. It was like horrible. My whole leg—I've got huge scars all over my body now. Oh, so, so what? How did you land? Did you land? I mean, take it—you you did your feet like break your fall? Or I mean, or? yeah, my leg was not attached to my body after I fell. Oh my fuck! What? Yeah, it was really fucked up. I mean, it was like I had skin attaching it, but it was like it was gnarly, man. Oh god, Sam! Like, so I'm I so had, sorry. Yes, that, that all happened, and I think, and that was kind of—I mean, yeah, that was like. It ended up being like one of the best things that's ever happened to me in a weird way. Okay, yeah. In in what in what sense? Because it just stopped me like being drinking and like made me take life a bit more seriously. I moved up to London and just like. What was happening prior to that, man? Like, just you just had a like you were just spiraling a bit. I'm not even, but just like. Uh, I don't. I do you know. What? I think I probably wasn't. You know, I didn't really have a drinking problem. I just I just fucked up one night. Um. Yeah. But I just don't want to fuck up again. You know, it's like, it's just better without it. I feel like it's 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 much more acceptable not to drink now. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Absolutely. Like, moder- I mean, even moderation is, is, is actually not frowned upon anymore, you know. No. I'm, I'm definitely I mean, learning that. I mean, kids really drink. And they, yeah, like, go to stuff. It's fucking weird. I think what it's... a loser I was when I was a kid. I know. But, Sam, man, what the fuck? You fell out of a fucking window. This is crazy. I'm so sorry. Like, that is... What, the, what on earth was it like being in A&E in Denmark with no one speaking English around you? Like, I, I, know, I, was... I really, I like in the same way that I like made making the most out of, um, out of the lockdown. I had, I kind of had a nice time. I just, I quite needed a little rest. <laughs> your, your legs like hanging off and you're having a nice time, man. You yeah. are, you my are... hand was fucked. I, was just, I still, I wasn't meant to play guitar. You, you see all my scars and shit. Holy there. Jesus. Yeah. Wow, that's a mighty yeah. They said I would never walk again. I'd never play guitar. And I did both within the year. So it's... Oh my god! I actually that's... got better at guitar because because of my my exercises were like playing playing guitar. So, so you you were told you wouldn't walk again. Yeah. And how did you manage to walk again? Um, I, I honestly, I was just like, I knew when they said you would never walk, and I was like, nah, I actually think I, I actually will walk again. So, Fuck. I just like, knew that I was uh, was going to be fine. So I'm like, in my mind, because I, I don't know anything about this, I probably would have planned a little a few more questions. Oh, but no, I'm, I don't even, it's boring to talk about anyway, really. Well, it's, I mean, maybe, yeah, I don't know whether it's hard to talk about, because, I mean, I've, man, I've, I've never been in hospital for more than, like, three days, but 
I just I can't imagine. Did you ever did you get any like post traumatic stress disorder from it, or you just like literally just got on with it or something? I, just I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, oh, it was. Shit. It was really. You know, it's fucking bad. It was really bad. I don't remember falling. Um, yeah. I was talking and stuff afterwards, but I don't remember any of that. Dear God, they must have like come down and seen you and gone, "Wow, that's that guy done with." Yeah, like, they with... said it's they because the pelvis is like a really dangerous part of your body to break. So um, all the nerves yeah, and stuff. Really fucked yeah. up. Well, man, you, 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 Jesus wept. That's by the way, that is a fucking nice guitar you've you've got in your lap there. Oh, thank you. Wow. Sorry, I didn't mean to change the subject crudely. Yeah. What what was that? Like a telly? Is that a telly? 74. Yeah. Fuck me. Custom. Oh, man. See, this is the disadvantage of doing this via Skype because I want to take that guitar. This is actually my baby. This is the one I like. I like this one a lot better. Yeah. Now now Preston's holding up a a fucking you asshole. It goes out of tune very, very quickly. It's a a black and white Ricky, Rick and Backer, guys, and it's gorgeous. Oh, my God. Like proper John Lennon style. It is. Slash Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers. But yeah. Um, I bring Tom Petty into I fucking adore him, mate. I absolutely, literally, every. I just had a chat with John Harris the other day, and every single opportunity I had was to like either mention status quo or Tom Petty, which is just really weird. Um, Chuck got status quo, my drummer. Well, yeah, he's a drummer, isn't he? You know, we, we yeah. can't help ourselves. Yeah. But um, so what? So the ordinary boys, man. Like what? For me, I remember obviously we, we touched on you going to Japan. What's it like being like, dude? Guys from Worthing getting picked up. You got picked up by Paul Harris, didn't you? From Be Unique, right? Well, sort of. Or not Mark sort of. Lewis from Be Unique, really. Okay, yeah. And and what? What are the stages? What are the like? Oh wow, we. Because I'm presuming, how long, how old were you when you got picked up? I, I remember Chuck must have been 17 because he had to sign, he had to get his parents to sign. So we were, like, late, we were teenagers, you know, we were really young. So, because you, for me, like, I, I, is it maybe if you're like in your early 20s, you start to get that slight feeling of desperation creeping in, like, fuck, I want a record deal, fuck, I want. At that age, were you even bothered or was it just like now? Nah, I, I was just like, we, I just was, we had such utter self belief. Have you seen the the Oasis documentary, the Supersonic? Or, uh, yes, I have, mate. Yes, that is awesome. The the kind of ease with which they accept the journey—that's what what it feels like. Yeah, you're just it, like, it, yes, of course. Yeah, of course, I'm going to go on top of the pops. Yeah, of course, yeah. I'm going to have a record. Yeah, of course, we're going to chart. You know, all this stuff. It just feels really inevitable. So hang on, whoa, whoa, whoa! Top of the fucking pops, mate. Talk to me about top of the fucking pops. I don't know we did it like maybe like four or five times. <laughs> Jesus Christ, that's so mental to say that because yeah. top of the pots to all of us now is probably like something that happened. In, it feels like it's something that happened before we were even born. Seventies or something. Yeah. yeah, right. I mean, well, it's terrifying how far in the past. I mean, I, also this is another good reason to not do it anymore. But um, how far in the past it all becomes, you know, time fucking it. it becomes quite it moves kind of exponentially fast doesn't it it oh, just feels God, like it's, it's terrifying it's it's a quite it is a pretty mad isn't it i mean yeah. you've got a kid you've got a kid now i got a, i got a kid i got a kid i got a wife you know it is yeah. it's mad and like i look i look i look back at in on my past with some degree of of sobriety now knowing that when i was in my early 20s i was happy but i was also very unhappy because i was quite an insecure mad person who was drinking a lot and wanted to be desperately happy but couldn't find it and 
and it was all tied up in wanting you know being trying to be successful in a band or what have you and, and it just it didn't come together because fundamentally we weren't good enough it's not but, even you know whoever you are so much of it is luck yeah 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 you can be the best fucking band ever and no, still no one you know it's, it's you still you need so much luck and, and it's like it's a it's kind of you know it's a, the thing I, I mean i'm really glad that i did it but it's you know it, it's like it, it was it also was such a short period of my life like it was only it was only, only did the band for a few years really yeah really wasn't a, a big thing i don't i can't imagine that like you you just you're on top of the pops and that doesn't affect you in some way in terms of like it feeling like a bit of a drug like what's that i don't know what's... i feel very i very i don't feel defined by it at all and don't no. feel defined by my band but like, i mean at the time like you're like in your early 20s 19 whatever and someone's like sticking a camera in your face and like literally the whole the whole of the country's kind of watching top of the pops and you know and but, but 19 back in those days anyway you know? right yeah <laughs> so like you just take it you're just like yeah, of course yeah, I, I just can't, I can't get my fucking, maybe it's because, you know, I'm 38 now. Do you know what I mean? It's like, I, I, I can't even imagine that, like, in a million years. Plus, we've moved so far away from the days of, of Top of the Pops and all that kind of I thing. I know, isn't but, the industry so different now? It's like, yeah. it's, I mean, I, and also with all, with post-COVID, the next couple of years, yeah, with live yeah. music and festivals and things like that, it's going to be really different. It's going to be mega different. But I mean, like... So you you because the lot I think we were reasonably good. I'm just about to say chums. Who says chums? Yeah, I can't believe I said that. Chums. We were we were reasonably good mates, and then like you you went into the Big Brother house. Um, and when when was that? That was what like fifteen years ago. Fuck yeah, about fifteen yeah. years ago. Jeepers, it's weird. I can remember yeah. it quite clearly. Yeah, jeepers, jeepers. I, I said chums. Like, you said jeepers. I completely lost the memories of, of, and then certain bits that I I um can remember really clearly. Like, isn't that weird? So the the interesting thing. I mean, of course, everyone has these in in their your life of these thing, these moments that that you of course can remember. Like, there's certain things yeah. that happen. You just like, I can remember how I felt at that second of that day, kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, absolutely. So that's my wife, Laura. Hi, wife. Sorry. She's she's after something. She's oh, she's um, after a charging cord. Yeah, but um. You know, you can. You, there's certain moments you can remember. Yeah. Um. Yeah. No, and absolutely. but mine are like ones where I've got them on. Like I could go and watch them on YouTube if I wanted to, kind of thing. It's like right there. Yeah. I I just find it's it's it is mental because like I. I, I remember back in the back in the day, like things were like just all over the place. I mean, like Camden one minute interviewing a band, then going going back home and doing a gig with with my band and trying to be that band from Camden and stuff. And it would all just be it would all just plow into one. I can't fucking remember a goddamn thing. I remember like the Camden Crawl and stuff, but it's all one big blur. Like the Camden mm. Crawl interviewing bands, being in gigs, you know, it's it just it's all one big crazy blur of shit and greatness. Obviously, I mean, it's weird. I don't. Think it was a particularly great time. I think it was fairly shit time for music, honestly. Um, well, really, the early noughties, man. Come on, like not, you had some of the best bands. I know it's not my cup of tea, even though it's, <laughs> it's just not what I'm into. So I, I honestly don't. But I think what it was, it was the time that we were we. It was our time, right? Yeah. So I think yeah. any, you know, I think if your time was the late nineties, you know, whatever it is, you you kind of you would just be like, yeah, it's the best. But I kind of don't even the... really think. Uh, no. I can't. I can't think of a band from that era that era that I listen to now. Yeah. 
Yeah. Maybe the Strokes. I would listen to that first album every now and again. I like. I went Not to even few... really. Maybe I wouldn't. I thought I well, like read some really sketchy stuff about the singer's dad. Did you ever read? Did you read any of that? No. Yeah. Look it up later. Okay, I will do that. I will do that, mate. You've got. I mean, the future heads are like. Just, I saw them the other day. Um, I don't know, fuck it, three months ago, or whatever. And they reformed for an anniversary of um, their first album. And yeah, they were bloody. They were bloody amazing. They were absolutely fucking amazing. Yeah, yeah. And I know, I'm not. You know, I'm not. I'm not. Um, I know what you're saying, though. I think like I just a lot think of in hype. general, like yeah. all those bands, Futureheads are great, but all of, all of those bands, they were just like versions of like post punk kind of early eighties bands that were way better anyway, like Gang of Four and things like that. So just a- yeah, XTC or what have you, yeah, 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 XTC are fucking great. You know, it's, it's yeah. like. Um, it was time for music. Yeah, sorry, I was just doing a bit of XTT there. Yeah, yeah. So what? Like, um, yeah. What? What? What was the decision behind going on Big Brother anyway? Like, I've I've always wanted to go on Big Brother, but I'm um, just. I, I'm just not, asked I'm, if I wanted to do I'm it, and I just enough. kind of did. I don't know. I didn't even really want it. I just somebody just said you want to do it, and I said, okay. I don't know. I didn't really think about it too much. Because that was that must have been like for me anyway. That was the era when it was actually fucking interesting. Because you know it did become a little bit shit. But do you remember like you know when Big Brother first started out, it was fucking awesome. I used to fucking so, love it. It was so futuristic. You know, I love when. It, have, have you noticed recently more than like I feel like especially in the last like couple of years, things will happen in your phone or you like and a house party or that app was a little bit like this for me. But your things will happen. You'll be like, "Oh yeah, we live in the future now." Yeah, right. So, you know, even the fact that we're doing this. Yeah, I know. I know. It's, it's kind of it's kind of weird. It's really it is really weird. There's so much like advanced advanced. And and I and I think that when when Big Brother first happened and they were showing it in like Leicester Square or whatever on these big screens, then you'd be like, "Oh yeah, we live in like, albeit a dystopian one, we live in the future." I mean. Um, so I just was always in, I just, just quite liked it, and then yeah. they asked me, and I was like, uh, "Yeah, yeah, yeah." Fuck I mean, it. I mean really, I'm so glad that I did, mate. It, it like shit took off after that, right? I just, it just, I'm like, I just what, like, it's funny. Cause I haven't really thought about. I, don't, I never really think about like any of it really. I just think about today. Yeah, but. Yeah. Um, it's been a funny, it's been a good journey, really. My you life. do seem like someone who who does certainly live in the present, which is pretty fucking, ha- you know, useful. And it does seem like you've been through quite a lot over the past, like, 18 months, like, with your accident and stuff. Yeah. You know. I think, do you know, I've, I, um, now, you know, because all the wellness stuff is, uh, is, is really, but is, everyone's kind of doing their meditation and stuff. But actually, I've fucking done all that shit for a long time. I, I'm, re- I'm a big, I'm a big, big med- meditation over medication if you can if it's unless you've got a broken leg or something but right yeah like med- like uh, mindfulness and stuff yeah yeah I re- but i've been doing all that shit for ages i think it really helps yeah but then you do kind of neglect to kind of ruminate which maybe you should do every now and again just kind yeah. of like sw- swirl the things around your head of your past because it's you know nice and, some nice things that i've done yeah because i mean I'm, I'm i'm interested about like how you know your journey from being a punk fucking hardcore motherfucker into like uh the ordinary boys top of the pops you know touring the world all that all that crazy shit and then it it, and then it goes into like big brother which is another step up like when you come out of that house and you've met like Chantal and all that stuff's going on like 
how, for me, like I know you've, you've taken these incremental steps to kind of get used to these things, but for me, that that's that's a huge. That's a lot, right? That's a lot to take on. I think, that but you know, I think no matter what you, no matter what you, what what situation you find yourself in, you, the body, the like humans just adapt to whatever the fucking mad shit is going on around them. Yeah, yeah. It's just the, what happens. It's really weird. It's like. So you just you you don't I mean maybe there's a few moments of just like I mean do you know it's very similar I mean it's similar in the fact that we're on lockdown but the, it's the, the 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 way the COVID thing I'm not comparing being a big brother to the COVID <laughs> pandemic I know but, you know do you know how you're on lockdown and everyone's just like oh we're on lockdown now all right and yeah. you just fucking get on with it yeah, yeah and you so... don't you know I mean I, I don't know about you but I I've not I'm not going like oh my god I desperately want to leave my house fun. I'm just like, all right, I, I'm in my house now, and that's like, that's what's happening. That's where, I'm, and and you just you're like humans are just very adaptive. Yeah, and you're able to dial into stuff. You know, if you're a creative person, you can just dial into like, uh, like my friends learning like loads of songs on guitar and post them on YouTube or writing songs and what cool. have you. And he's getting by. I'm doing a podcast. You know, I'm doing a bit of gardening here and there. It's like, yeah, you do. And I, I know it's it's just the terror behind it all. The fear factor is is something that really is is is, is hard. You know, for people. Yeah. But, um. But yeah, no. I um. Can you see me now? Turn the light on. Yeah. It's like a sunset on my face. That's, nice. You know, I can not... see the the um the shard lit blue by the um by for the NHS. I'm get oh that's beautiful, man. That's beautiful. I'm guessing you're like on a, on that Brixton Hill area. Yeah. yeah. God, it's because we live near Crystal Palace, and it's you know I you get some. I told you yeah. the date, right? You did, yeah, man. That date you had and. Um, the history of the Crystal Palace, which is quite interesting, actually. Oh my God, you have to look it up. So yeah, that that so the stage where that um, it's called they call it the Rusty Laptop, but it's an old yeah. I think it's for like classical music. Uh, yeah. Stage that they just let fucking rust and die, but they it's had. So sad. I think I think it's a Sonics thing that they put the, that water in front of it. Oh really? Wow. I think so. Yeah, and then and and before that, it was a stage where. Um. Definitely Bob Marley played. Tons of people played. There was like a festival every year. Yeah. Um, and all these hippies would like would, would like splash around in the water. Yeah. In front of it was like mad people actually. Yeah. Look, really. Um, no, it, it's cool because I random pre- press the button and Google went mental. Um, but like, let's loop let's loop back if it's okay to just Big Brother quickly. Yeah, because um, I I don't know how awkward it is for you to talk about it because I know that there was some shit that went down. Um, oh, what's it? N- never mind the buzzcocks afterwards and the the cut smashing incident and what have you. But because um, I saw that and I felt really bad because I knew you and I was like, fuck me, this is this is pretty brutal. Like all that, all that stuff. I mean, again, cup smashing. Pub... I don't even know what that is, do I? Oh no, hang on, that wasn't cup smashing. That was Huey from the fucking. That was Huey Morgan, oh. wasn't it? Um, I don't know who cares? I'm whatever. I'm yeah. fucking twenty years ago or something. Just... I know. It's just I can't. I couldn't. I mean, again, like you. Do, it's kind of in the big. I mean, brother, I think if it happened, then... basically they were bullying my wife. Yeah. While she was sitting in the audience, and I was meant to be, she was so, in the audience. Yeah, yeah, and I was meant to be going up against her. I think if that happened now, everyone would be like, "Yeah, you're not really meant to like bully people's wives." Oh, fuck but, me! Yeah, I, I just think it was a different era where you could just be like more horrible, and and no one would. 
I um, had literally no idea she was in the audience. Yeah, so it's like, what the fuck am I... Like, what would you do if someone was bullying your wife? Um, would you say, ah, yeah, she's a total bitch. What yeah. an idiot. Yeah, like, no, mate. Would you go like, mm, that's like, you shouldn't really say that about someone's wife. Yeah. Do you know what I'm yeah. like? I don't quite... Uh, so if someone has a problem with it, I just feel like they don't really understand. You know, at the time I thought it was bullying, but, you know, that, that was kind of like the Amstel thing, right? That was like the vibe of Amstel. It was the vibe of um, Buzzcocks was kind of a little... It was, yeah, obviously it was great in places, fucking hilarious, blah, blah, blah. Um, but in other aspects, there was loads of that kind of um, one-upmanship bullying kind of shit going on. It wasn't even banter. It was, it was beyond banter. Like, it was, like you said, like knowing you, someone's fucking white. I know, I, 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 I'm not even... I don't care if someone wants to bully someone, like they can do whatever they want, but, like... I like I don't I don't have to start, sit there and t- you know it seemed weird to think that I'll just sit there while he's horrible to my wife while she's just yeah. sitting there watching. God Jesus! But you're you're really you're 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 really good um, terms with Chantal, aren't you? Yeah, yeah, she's really funny. I do I really yeah. like her. She's a really good. She's a good good good. Because last <laughs> the last time I, I did some gardening for you, um, she was she rang you and you're like, oh that was, that was Chantal. You know we're we're really good friends and everything. That was like fucking yonks ago. That was like six or seven years ago. Um, so it's so, so sweet to know that you guys are like best of chums and all that. I mean, we went through so like a mad thing. I just feel like we have like it sort of fuses you together if you go through something that intense. No shit, I'm with, oh with all my band people still. Yeah, that that is crazy. I mean, like, like how many people say, "Oh, where did you meet?" Well, we met on the set of Big Brother. Yeah, right? okay. that's weird. Yeah, no, that is crazy. That is absolutely mental. I, I, you know, I, I met my wife on Tinder, and um, I mean, when I'm I struggling, that, my, I'm I'm trying to be on. I'm doing Hinge, but I'm really struggling to meet anyone. What? So it's Hinge. That's a dating app, right? Yeah, that's like a new one. So you met her on Tinder. So that you you recommend that one? Obviously. Well, yeah, but I mean, you know, Tinder's now like kind of conservative in comparison to what it used to be. Like people used to, you know, I don't know what they use it for now, but like back in the day, it was like that was considered like a proper hookup site um app or whatever but now you know but then like people like just finding them their lifelong partners on there or whatever you know so now it's kind of like considered like guardian soulmates in comparison yeah. so yeah. what what do you um i know you... i'm on hinge so i just quite like the format of it yeah also it's just that like i can't go out and meet anyone yeah that sucks otherwise yeah but you know i don't know what... I do like being on my own i think that's probably my going to be my downfall reason i'm i i Thing is, I, I see my dad, and he really likes to be on his own. He loves his own company. Yeah, and so do I. But then my dad's eighty-five years old, and he's single, and I don't want to be. I don't want to be single <laughs> when I'm eighty-five. So it's like, what, what kind of romance are you talking here, man? Are you like, you want to be like married with kids and that kind of thing? Yeah, def- and... I definitely do. Yeah, yeah, I really do. Yeah, like, uh, where do you think that comes from? That like the, the importance of that? Like, I know. I just really like kids. I would like to have kids. I don't know why I haven't done it yet. Yeah. Sort of around, so I was too busy. Yeah, well, you know, what are you like, thirty something? The same age as you. Thirty, thirty-eight, fucking yeah. hell. Um, like, pff, never too late for guys, is it? Let's be honest. You know, you, you got like Kurt Russell, who are not Kurt Russell, Kurt, um, Douglas, Michael Douglas. He's yeah. plonking, he's he's plonking away and getting like a kid every week. <laughs> you know, like Keith Richards, man. It's like literally, like he goes down little and picks one off the shelf. You know, it's yeah. it's crazy. But, um, no, I'm, I'm not, you know, I'm not stressing about it. I'm just, I've just been putting a little bit of, you know, I've been putting the hours in on the, on the dating apps a little bit in the yeah. evening sometimes. Yeah. And what, what, what kind of girl uh, floats your boat? What do you put? Like, what, what, what I don't know. Say? I like, like someone who's quite funny. Yeah. Um, and just likes cool stuff. So like switched on. Cause uh, like that, you know, would you say like, um, 
that you know they've got to be able to watch maybe Garth Marenghi's Dark Place or like uh, yeah. something like that or Father Ted. I hope so. Yeah. 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 And you know, a bit of banter. That's what I, I always put. That I mean, down you know, to. I've I've always, I had a big argument a long time ago with someone I used to work with that when I was saying I think it's really important that if you like the same things as your partner. Yeah, and they were saying, "Oh no, it doesn't matter. You know, it, it it doesn't matter if you like different programs or like different music." And I'm like, "Yeah, but that's kind of all I fucking do is like watch films and listen to music and read books." Yeah. So why, what, like, why would I? I don't want to have. I don't want to have like a girlfriend who like I have to do something while she watches like embarrassing bodies, and then when I watch, do you know what I mean? Or like, yeah, yeah, or whatever exactly. like thing that I don't like. Like, um, plus, but it's like, better to just have someone where you can. So, I, so. All I'm doing is holding out for that, really. Man, you, Jesus Christ! Like, if I, you know, if I can get it, I've always thought that. Like, when I'm talking to my mates, because, like, you know, who are a bit lucky out of love or whatever. Like, if I can, if I can make it, do you know what I mean? It's like fucking nailed on. You, you know, anybody else can. But I'm yeah. like, for me, I still think it's a fucking miracle when I look at my my wife, my daughter. I'm like, how? You know, it's like, how did I get here? You know, is this my house? You know, is this my Peloton? Yeah. <laughs> is, is this is this my electric? You know, it's like it is it is crazy. So lucky, but um, it's romance is just so weird because I can remember like being on dating apps and just being like a total at, at a total loss on how to even express myself. Like, how do I come across without sounding too keen, without sounding too like you know cool you know too cool for school and that kind of thing and just finding someone that just accepted me for who i am via a yeah. fucking dating app which can be really difficult but i think i, th I think now you know it, a dating app is just where you're going to meet someone it's not yeah. it's like especially now that you, you know all the the fucking world is closed <laughs> yeah that i i think yeah it's uh it is fucking weird and then it's like choosing the right app and all this stuff is like you know, it's a fucking big deal. It's like meeting meeting your wife is a fucking who your wife is is like the fucking biggest deal in your life, right? Right. Yeah. Absolutely. That's mad. Yeah. Yeah. That's a, that's a big and thing. And when maybe. you're a kid and you like dump someone, you and you're like you break up with someone, you're just like you kind of think, oh, I might meet someone. You know, you just do it so flippantly. You, yeah. Do you know what I mean? You forget what you really what you're playing with there. Yeah, absolutely, man. You do, you know, but I, do you know what? Though? I, I was definitely a Disney, Disney guy. You know, I was like, fucking hell, I'm going to meet a girl and I'm going to spend the rest of my life with her. And not only is it going to, it's, it's going to happen now. I'm 15 years old and I'm going to meet the woman for the rest of my life now. And I, you know, it's just ridiculous. You know, I'd, I'd write fucking love letters to girls. You yeah. Know? Crazy, not crazy. It's cute. It's like back in the, back in the day when we had pen and paper. Yeah. Now know, that it's all like dick pics. Yeah, oh, what is that? How has that happened? I mean, did, would we have done that back in the day? I, I don't know. Would have definitely. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> put the dick have. away. Put the dick away. Oh man! But so you're you're like, uh, if correct me if I'm wrong here, but you um, actually, I think I bumped into you at Gilfest years ago, um, and you'd either been playing or you would—I think you were just hanging out actually—and you you had been working with Ollie Murs. Oh yeah, um, we went to watch Ollie. I think. Yeah, yeah, then that would have been it. Yeah, um, fuck oh, me, I think he oh. fell off the stage at that that gig. Poor fucker. <laughs> uh, but you know, um, yeah. How, so how is that going? Like the production side of things. I know we touched on it earlier, but it'd be cool to just talk about it a little bit more detail. Um, yeah, we're going really well. I've just I've got a new management in Denmark. That's been really good. Yeah, uh, been doing some stuff with Liam Payne from One Direction. Yeah, 
been good. Do so we, we're talking LA. We're talking like you you are flying here, there, and everywhere, and just working with like you know, and, and, and getting some serious badass pops pop tracks going. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, do you know it's it's. I, I much prefer it to being in a band just because you get to create something new every day rather than just fucking playing the same old shite that you wrote 15 years ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know what you mean. Like, well, what about the like anonymity of it all as well? Like, I guess you get to just like see your baby go out. Yeah, into I the mean, world. it's not even. It's not so much the anonymity. It's more than just like I like to like be in my house, and, yeah. and like I like to like go to bed early. Yeah. I Dude, like cook dinner and stuff. Are you sure you're not your dad now? I know, I know, but he's like, I feel like he's more rock and roll than I am. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I just, I, it's the, the being on the being on the road is it's fucking hard on the body. It really is. I I'd hate it. I can I I tell you right now, with my anxiety levels, I uh, fuck that. I I mean, I used to have that, you know, that romantic notion that oh you know go out on the road and uh, tour and get wasted so fuck that you know it's probably you know I'd, i wouldn't i wouldn't survive at all no i was just about indiana jones did through the, the last minute right. that just about made it so what, what uh, songs would we know that you've you've worked on them um i did i had heart skips a beat with that was with ollie which is that was number one yeah mm. cool man how did that feel uh, yeah, it was, I mean, obviously, yeah, really good. It was annoying because Boys Be Boys was like they said it was going to be number one. It was like all, number one on CD UK, but then when they actually tallied it up at the last minute, it was number two. Ah, that was really that was I was quite bummed out about that. Oh, mate, like it's like status quo being pipped to the post by ABBA. Sorry, I'm just saying that I had to put the choir reference in. Uh, um, but that that must have been a goddamn thrill. What's that being? What's it like being? Do you know what, and like, another song, just to, just to list my songs really quickly. Yeah, yeah, no, do, it, do it. Another one. I wrote this one called "Live Forever" for Liam Payne and yeah. cheat, this band called Cheat Codes. Um, mm. But that was about when I fell off the balcony. That's what the lyrics are about. Okay. So you should listen to that. And you know, I'll, you know. I'll, check it, I'll check it out like that. God, that's mental. I just can't believe it. But you see, you seem definitely like um, a little bit like a, um, you know, like sharks that have to stay moving, right? To stay going, to stay relative within their own skin, almost like to to, to stay in, I don't know, like a sense of self-worth. You've got to stay creative. You've got to stay true to yourself. I don't think you it's creative. Like, I think I'd be the same if I, were, if I had any job. I just yeah. like to be busy. Yeah. It just happens to be the thing that I know how to do. And you're you're doing shit loads of reading. We were chatting the other day, and you you've got like you've already done your fifty books of the year, right? And it's well, I'm like I'm very much on my way. I'm, I was I'm fucking gone, I, especially at the beginning of the year. I went completely mental. I just read it all day long. Right. Um, but I do love to read, and I'm just trying to you know I think I'm re- I'm, try- I'm trying to really overcompensate for like the periods when I haven't read, and I think I, I think you can make it so much a you can make it so habitual to your life like you can make it something that you just do without thinking enough yeah. that you're never gonna you're never gonna stop and, and i really i'm so much happier and i think um, when i read and i think that that is something to do with it's a type of meditation in its own way because you have to external thought has to at least change to to adapt to to, to fall in line with being able to have a, you know someone else's narrative you know narrative dude i completely agree like reading a good book 
it, that really hones in and, and, and it speaks to you is a form of meditation. Is what great fiction, great is all, you know any form of writing is, is. I think that's what any author is always aiming for, isn't it? It's like um, I'm talking, hopefully, talking to a guy who's written a book about a book, um, a book called Stoner by John Williams. And like that is like that is a med that is a very meditative book. It's beautifully written. It's a stunner. I, I, I recommend that one. It's um, by yeah John Williams. Okay, cool. It's it's is John Williams book. the guy who scored? George. So same name, same name, different right. guy. Yeah, one of those jobs. And but yeah, you know, you're absolutely spot on because I in my job, gardening outside, I do audio books. Yeah. So I do audio books for for nonfiction. Yeah. But I don't really read a lot of nonfiction now. I've kind of, I've kind of given it up. Unless it's something. Yeah. I read a really good book actually. This woman's, this um, it's called In the Dream House. That was a, that was, mm-hmm. a, that, but it's not the sort of thing. It was like a, um, her memoir, but she had like an abusive girlfriend, and it was just like, the incremental like how the abuse the relationship gets more and more abusive, and you sh- and mm-hmm. it really makes you understand how someone can allow themselves to get in a situation like that it's really fucking good actually like coercive control yeah yeah and just that you don't really realize it happening and, and how it could happen yeah yeah no like how did that person like oh my god yeah no exactly yeah i know i know where you're coming from on that one yeah. my god but um so what about what would you recommend anything like anything you're reading like over the past out, out of the 50 books you've read what's like uh, what's really, i love um i loved uh on Earth, we're briefly gorgeous. By um, his name is—he's a poet. His name's Ocean Vuong. Well, okay, yeah, yeah. And that was fucking amazing. And that was—is um, he v- Vietnamese? I think, or sec- you know, second generation. And it's about his family and yeah. Oh, it's just well, and about him. He's he about him kind of coming out to his and and like this this relationship that he has with this like redneck boy who's not out and stuff that's i've actually read it for some no, i don't know why but i've read a ton of gay fiction this right. year also yeah. currently reading a book that i fucking love called cleanness by okay. his name's garth greenwell i want to say something like that yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. um and that is just he lives in bulgaria and that's about um being gay in bulgaria where it's like definitely not not okay but it's also <laughs> graphically pornographic that <laughs> have, it's have, like you, a... have you seen god's own country uh no what's that so that's about two guys who kind of fall in love in the um I don't, what do you call it, like the um yorkshire dales or something yeah um it's got the guy from who plays prince F- charles in the crown and okay. who's, who's also in um uh, my family and other animals he's really he's a great he's a fucking awesome actor and yeah you know and but i i know exactly what you mean i think like you have particularly with that struggle coming out and what have you um the the plight as, as it were being suppressing your personality who you are your actual who the fuck you are you know that for ev- anyone who has kind of any a ability to empathize sympathize is is that is extraordinarily hard you know to to contemplate like just being able to just just having to completely suppress everything that you are yeah you know and that's an ongoing tale because there are so many different variety you know versions of that tale you know that's so true yeah it, it is you can you can kind of weirdly relate to it Fuck from, yeah. Um, yeah from from you know in a, in a muted version of it was... yeah but i mean as kids you know we're all like that aren't we because we're all like really struggling as children to vocalize what's in us and obviously you know some of us don't 
have that you know the 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 coming out factor but we definitely have some kind of repression that's that's put on us by our parents meet whether they mean it or not it's just just fucking hard you know yeah life sucks (laughs) (laughs) but yeah look should we i need to call my dad i was gonna say should we call it nine nights right mate well look look after yourself that was really fun that was like i had a nice nostalgia trip i feel kind of like um i feel all sort of um warm and fuzzy yeah i kind of do yeah i think yeah. That's, that's, there is no there, there is no better way to describe it than that. that's why it's, yeah. that's why it's, it's i guess it's like a warm bath yeah, yeah. <laughs> right, um, mate, no, that was really fun take care